Hey, it's me, Solid Snake, protagonist and heartthrob of the Metal Gear Solid series. I'm stuck in patreon.com slash supernpcradio, but I've uncovered the key to defeating Foxy. Hello? Snake? It's me, Otacon. Have you told them the key to defeating Foxhound yet? Uh, no. I was just about to, but you interrupted me. Uh, sorry. I, I almost screwed this up as bad as when I designed Metal Gear. Also sorry for pissing on myself when we met. Anyway, the key to defeating Foxhound is... Hello, Solid Snake. It is I, Psycho Mantis. I was reading your mind and I could see that you haven't told the listener that the key to defeating Foxhound is by going to patreon.com slash supernpcradio and listening to the Metal Gear Solid Games Club from Super NPC. If someone would just give me a minute, I could tell- Oh, my bad. Carry on. To defeat Foxhound, you must listen to the Metal Gear Solid Games Club from Super NPC Radio, where we're covering the Metal Gear Solid series. I can see in your podcast listening history that you enjoyed The Legend of Zelda Games Club, listener. You'll love this. He's right. Your favorite pals at Super NPC Radio will be covering 10 games in the Metal Gear Solid series. They're released bi-monthly on Fridays. Oh, jeez, I'm going to peace myself again. It's true. You can find it all at the $10 DJ Toad tier over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio every other Friday. There's more to come after that, too. In the second half of the year, I've seen it. Another series after Metal Gear? Oh, man. This is a lot to take in. What's that series going to be about? It better not be about piss. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. I'm your host, Connor McCabe, and on this podcast, I bring on a guest to talk about a meaningful game from their past. A video game, that is. If you bring on a board game on this show, a brick and mortar of games, I'm going to go ahead and refuse you. But if it's in a digital form, we'll go ahead and allow it, as we have before. On the show, we talk as much about what made playing that game special, what the guest loves about it, but also we'll get into some of the context of how they got into it uh, in that meaningful time. A little bit of housekeeping up top is you can follow us on social media, and heck, you can even interact with our stuff. We're on Instagram at callmebyyourgamepod, and we're on Twitter at callmebyyourgame, but there's just one Y, so that's B-Y-O-U-R. There you can see the fun episodes that we have coming out for you, anything that is on the horizon. Check out the cool arts and even learn how you can support our wonderful guest for the episode. You can also support the show by giving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And I didn't check before today's episode, um, but if it's not bigoted, I'll go ahead and read it on the show. You can also share the show with a friend, whether they love this game that we're discussing today, the guest that we have on, or video games in general. And then, of course, you can check us out on Patreon. We are over at patreon.com slash supernpcradio where we have a bunch of bonus video game content waiting there for you. We've got stuff like the Metal Gear Solid Games Club that's going on right now at the $10 DJ Toad tier, the Call Me By Your Game co-op episodes, where I sit down with a group of people once a month to talk about a meaningful game. 
we just did uh, Portal, uh, and we're doing Portal 2 next month. That's at the same tier and much more. Uh, but that'll do it for the housekeeping. Now I can invite my guest into my my clean home where I don't feel like I'm going to be judged for how messy it is because I took care of business. So please welcome Modesto's golden son, the 49ers fan of the century and the parent to toaster, Jeremy Olson. Welcome to the show. Yeah, come on. What's up? Look at that intro. That's nice. You I know, like all I three used- of those things. I used to do sort of one of those for everybody. And then I got tired of doing it. And I was like, no, I can bring it back for an episode. (laughs) You do. And you know enough about me, I think, to you got a lot of context to work with. This is true. You know, I did ask you of your cat's name uh, minutes before we clicked record. And I used a couple broad things. Just know one of one of your favorite teams that I know of and where you're from, which is where I'm from. I could have gotten more specific, you know. You know, we could have talked about, you know, how great you were at uh, at leading, you know, worship. We could have That's gotten right, into just, uh, you know, being, I think, what were you, the first champion of the first episode of Wipeout? Yeah. Yeah. I was on, I was on the fifth episode of the first season and I made it all the way to the end, but I did lose. I did not oh. win, but I dominated those red balls. Let it be known. I, I took those it. red balls to school. All right. I still, I, I still wave that flag from time to time. Oh my gosh. You know, honestly, you should bring it up more because I forget that it's a thing. I'm like, no, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Cause that <laughs> show is. was a phenomenon when it hit, but uh, you know, it relevant to this podcast as well. They called me nerd gamer, Jeremy Olson <laughs> on the show. So this is really, it's really in the right vein as they typecast me on the show. It's working perfectly. Wow. Uh, well, you know, if they ever bring you back for like, uh, like they do for, I think some of those MTV shows, like where they, what, what do they do? Like, uh, like reunions for like, I can't even think of the big shows that they do on MTV, but if they ever bring you back for one of those, uh, I'm sorry well, to perpetuate. you talking about like real world? That's what you're talking about, right? Thank like you. A, yeah, Gosh. I got you. I got your back. Come on. You I'm an I'm MTV tr- guy. I'm going to blame this on flu brain today. I'm just <laughs> coming out of that. Um, so expect a lot more stumblings and bumblings for me today, but Jeremy, oh, I, on that it. topic as well, I have, I have very much asked them to bring me back before I've asked them two <laughs> times. I did like a recap episode that they did at the end of season one where they did some favorite moments and they had me on this thing and they did not, I did not make the cut for that episode, what? but I did attend this weird party thing with some other contestants okay. where they did some good moments and then they brought it back with, with uh, UCB's own uh, Nicole Byer. Oh no, of course. Yes. And so I hit him up again. I said, look, if you're trying to have the nerd gamer back, let me know. This dude's ready for these red balls. Come on. Gosh, you know what? I think they're worried about you dominating the show too hard. That's got to be it. Yeah, they're clearly worried. I mean, they're I mean, it's obvious, you know, yeah. by the by the amount of silence I've gotten in return that it's it's mostly fear based. So Sheesh. I can understand that they're, they can keep their 50 grand. Yeah. You know what? Screw you heard here for first folks. Screw you wipe out. Um, and if uh, you ever listen to this episode, know that Jeremy was shaking his head furiously at me for saying that. Um, well, Jeremy, thank you so much for uh, making it here on the show. Um, I always talk about how I know my guest and my friend. We go about as far back as any guest could. I have had um, a mutual friend from Modesto, uh, Eddie Martin, on the show. So I've known Eddie probably a little longer than I've known you, but you and I also know each other. I mean, I don't remember meeting you. I just sort of remember you being around at some point when we were going to church together growing up. Yeah. I mean, it's been 
a long time. I, yeah. I must have like, I must have first been aware of you. I have a younger sister. Yes. Who is the same class as you, I believe. Yes. So I think like it must have just been like, oh, uh, my sister's crew. That's where I first knew that you were in the mix. But I mean, it's been like, I mean, how when did you go to MCC? I mean, you, has your family always been there? I think it was I think I was 12 or so. So I think getting into junior high and then I got really involved in the youth group, which is I'm pretty sure where I met Jessica. And then um, then we also went to junior high together for two years. So yeah. that only and we're in like the same friend group for a bit. So that like only I think threw me in the mix for you a little more. It's like a face you just kept seeing. That's right. That's right. I hope you didn't get sick of it, but yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm around, pal. Because I'm around. And I was heavily involved in youth group. I mean, looking back, I was like, man, I was going to church. I was at the building probably four or maybe even upwards of five days a week wow. my senior year of high school. Very involved. That's like where a lot of my good friends were. Yeah. And I was just doing it, man. I was doing like kid, like cl kids club nights on Wednesday nights. And then I was doing like, you know, youth group worship team, all this stuff, man. So it was very, very much a part of my life. Yeah. Uh, gosh, man, I hear, I thought I was a good church kid and I'm like, I never was never there five nights a week, maybe, maybe three at my peak, but yeah, yeah. that, so that's, I think how we first must've gotten, gotten acquainted together. But now we've had like sagas of like how we've continued to, to orbit each other. We also went to the same college at Azusa Pacific where and it turns out, you know, a handful of people from our church went. Yeah. Um, so we, we, you know, circled around each other there, but not only that, but I, you know, was just trying to impersonate you and also was a film major, um, like you were, <laughs> I actually remember getting to, uh, do some PA work on the film you directed, uh, your senior year. Can you remind me of the title of that? Oh, are we talking about neighbor hero? Neighbor hero. Yes. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I made a, I made it like a kid's movie. They told me not to work with kids and animals in college when I was making student <laughs> films. And I did both. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we did that. We, yeah, I did that kids movie, uh, that you, that you worked on, dude. It's, it's so crazy. Like, yeah, we've had so many different little paths, uh, uh, together, uh, at different times. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I also remember having not every set I worked on in, in college was fun, especially as like yeah, a PA yeah. when I was, you know, freshman, sophomore, but that one was a really good time. Um, and there were a lot of friendly faces on that one too. I feel it didn't, did Crozier DP that? Yeah. Yeah. Our buddy Scott, uh, uh shot man. that thing. He did most of my projects after I met that guy. Yeah. Um, oh, well, yeah, we, you're right about those films too. It's like, it's a little strange to start doing like undergrad film school and you mm -hmm. like, you got a PA on these sets and like some people are really chill and cool. And you're like, wow, this is so great. Like working on these projects with people. And then other ones are really tense. And, yes. you know, <laughs> even, I mean, it's, <laughs> such is true for life, but even at, a, at the student level, like really early on, you're like, geez, like, man, it's real, real, uh, pins and needles working on this dang set. We just brought some pizza in and people are upset about how the day is going. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they could teach. Cause I actually looking back, it, 
feels it feels like they did give us a lot of tools in that program, um, a pretty wide variety of them, uh, and had some good instruction overall, which is what my memory is. But I think there could have definitely been a class on like film set composure and yeah. how to communicate with people and uh, – not that it was as extreme as stuff I've maybe even seen on just other stuff living out here for years, but I think we could all do with a little bit of that. Yeah. Just like an etiquette thing or like, there we go. you know, specifically with, you know, on set, you know, crews, it's like a team sport, you know, mm-hmm. you, everybody has a different capacity and it's so hard to know like what your role is or when you're stepping out of your bounds. Like I worked on a movie set like a few years after I graduated mm-hmm. and oh my God, I got my ass beat. Like I got screamed at all the time. And it's like, I wasn't ready for, you know, the vibe or who I was supposed to report to or like what, what the right way to be on a real set was. So I could have used some of that, but other (laughs) (laughs) other than that, it was a good time. (laughs) Okay. Um, all, I mean, I would be, I, I don't have to go down the whole bullet list, but I am also remembering as I'm we're talking about this, you know, I've always had an eye for talent, Jeremy, and I absolutely cast you in the first uh, official film I ever directed. <laughs> Hell yes. You better talk about this. I was not going to let this not be talked about. Okay. That's, that's for the best. Um, uh, what I remember uh, at the end of the movie, what I had your character call yourself, which was Zorro bitch. But what was the, um, do you remember the, why can't I think of the title of the movie? Uh, the gosh, oh, I, I can only remember Zorro, bitch. Yes, <laughs> the lasting impact. <laughs> yeah. all, all, you were playing a vigilante like esque Batman character. Yes. Um, uh, really dr- extremely dramatic movie. Uh, somebody dies in it. You get in a fight with a with a little gang, uh, yeah. over like a necklace or something. It was not great, but you were wonderful in that movie. Look, I'd like to see this again. It's been a lot of years. I'd like to see it again because oh, I it. only remember like I, well, I remember watching it when you premiered it. Yeah. Um, but specifically, I remember that scene where uh, my co-star dies in my arms <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and and it was like I get to set and we're talking about it and you're like, play it real, man. Like, let's do it. And I was like, Oh shit. I gotta like, I gotta act the pants off this scene right now. Oh God, man. It was tough. I'll tell you what I hadn't, I didn't have like a ton of, you know, acting experience. Like, I mean, really dramatic acting experience. And I had to fucking go for that one. That was, that was a big day for me. Like what kind of maniac is this kid going to become as a director? He's just, and just pushing us to limits. We don't want to be pushed to right now. I, I thought of the title or I remembered it. It was called The Protector. There it is. It doesn't get any better than that. Hell yeah. Um, Very like, a, it was sort of like a kick-ass type of movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really fun. I you was very honored that you asked me to do it. Thank you. That's that's very nice for you to say. It, it was fun. I remember uh, it was pouring rain when we shot that big scene that night. So you know, would definitely be do do some things differently now. But we had um a friend of the or friend of the show, former guest Jonathan Sims uh, was in that movie. I think he calls you Zorro bitch specifically. Yeah, I think he does. So shout out to you, Sims. Um, we, we've uh, had a rivalry ever since me and uh, Sims, you know, and it was for the best. Uh, oh, we must've been in that sketch class together too, because, oh yeah, you know, that's another thing. Again, we're going to spend the whole podcast talking about this, but you and I <laughs> being a lot to f- cover. There is, we're, you know, we were film students, but we both sort of got, 
uh, like sucked into taking uh, improv and sketch classes there. That's right. Um, Maybe it was something I saw in you in class that was why I plucked you. But how did you end up doing that improv class that fall? Because then we did sketch together with Susan Isaacs after that. That's right. Yeah. Well, I I knew Susan Isaacs because she when she first like got into the undergrad program there, I quickly got to know her. Mm. And those first like improv sketch classes were the first ones ever at the university. Oh, wow. And so when she was talking about launching them, I was like salivating. I was like so excited that something like this could exist yes. at a, you know, liberal arts Christian school. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, God, we, I've got to be involved in any and everything, okay. you know, that she does. And I also took something, I took like a, we did like a, a studio audience sitcom uh, oh, wow. with, with yes. Susan Isaacs as well. And so that's, I, I can't remember if that became, was before or after, but that's how I got involved. And then we did this. Yeah. We, we are class at this live sketch show, which like, I love looking back on that sketch show because it was like, we pushed some boundaries like yeah. comparatively. I mean, we didn't, I mean, if you were to see it in a vacuum, you'd be like, what are these kids doing? But at a <laughs> Christian school at an yes. evangelical Christian school, we were really going for it. And I, I love it. Didn't we, I feel like, was it you and I who played a couple of campus safety officers who were the most like uh, incompetent people in the world? (laughs) We did. We did. We spoke truth to power at that university. We We said, you know what? These campus safety fools are up their own ass. We're going to show them what's what. You know, before we we were even about ACAB, we were about ACAB. (laughs) It's true. Uh, That is really, it's so fun to look back. Those were some really really fun times. And I, I, I do think about those two semesters specifically taking those classes and how much, how much fun I had. And, you know, it was, it was so cool getting to do that with you, not just knowing you, but also being like, this is one of the funniest people I've always known and getting, you know, as a film student, seeing you do that's like, oh, he's, he's thriving in this class. This rules. Yeah, dude. I loved having you in it too, because you were uh, someone that I've known for like, like, um, do you, do you remember Neil Curran? Yes. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Neil Curran was like, like my, like what, what I looked up to. Yeah. He's three years older than me. And, and so like, I was always looking up to him so much being like, Oh, I want to be like, uh-huh. like I want to do stuff that Neil does. Like, you know, and it like, I felt like I got the torch from him and I was like, dude, fucking Connor, man. Like he's so great. Like I love having him right there. Like it just <laughs> felt like such a great like procession of like talented, funny dudes. Yeah. That's very nice for, of you to include me uh, in that. Cause that's how I felt about you. I think I've, I've probably, you know, drunkenly spouted this at you a few times in the last year, maybe a Zebulon, maybe a Hyperion public, but specific. Uh, it must be true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the truth comes out. Um, but so yeah, that is all, uh, so, uh, so true and relevant. And like one of the reasons why I was like so excited to have you on as much as we could be, you know, socializing outside of this more, it, you know, we'll get there. I'll, I'll come to a yeah, garage man. show. You know, it's been a little difficult. It's been a weird couple of years as That's everyone true. knows, you know, so we're doing our thing. Thank you for empathizing. Um, and then lastly, I mean, I know, I do know you because of, not because of, but I continue to know you because of the, uh, Los Angeles comedy community out here, but I knew you before. Um, Jeremy, uh, outside of how we know each other, what do you want to share with the listener about like whatever you've been up to now? Is there anything you want to promote? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been doing this show out of the pandemic, um, 
called the garage show. It's just, it's at my house. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally in my backyard. Uh, We started doing it because, you know, UCB, Upright Citizens Brigade, closed. Yes. Nowhere to perform. Um, And so as things were kind of lightening up last summer for that brief, glorious two months, (laughs) me and my buddy Quinn, uh, started hosting this show out of, out of my backyard and, but we've kept it going. It's been outdoor open air show. You know, we've, I've, I think we've had eight of them now. It's been once a month and it's just been the best. Uh, it's, it's definitely been like my return to performing and you know, I, I haven't, it's not like I'm doing, you know, I'm hosting, but we, we do bits at the show and it's been so fun and there's live music and we got food and stuff. And, um, yeah, that's kind of what I've been uh, pouring myself into lately. Also, I guess I should shout out. I'm I'm launching a podcast soon, so oh, maybe, we can just, yes. maybe we can get the announcement going here. Uh, this show has <laughs> pr- has provided a springboard for many a pod, so let's just oh, keep perfect. that tradition rolling. Perfect. Yes, I'm starting a podcast. I don't know when it's going to come out, guys. I've already got a lot of episodes, <laughs> but I don't have a date yet. But look out for it if you're listening. Uh, it's a music and storytelling podcast. It's called This Song Reminds Me. Oh my and gosh, that's incredible. Yes, yes. I've got uh, my co-host Maxine Garcia, who's in a band called Fime, uh, and we're starting the show uh, pretty soon. I don't know when, but it's going to be so soon. So please uh, follow us on the gram and look out for that at This Song Reminds Me. That's so cool. I'm so excited to hear that. So um, what's the general like premise or layout of the show are you going to bring on like a guest to talk about exactly sort of what the title implies of like this song or album brings me back here or how does it how do you plan for it to work unless if you want to reveal that oh totally um basically yeah if the guest comes on they'll bring in three songs Mm. um those three songs will like remind them of uh either a specific memory or like you know, a period in time or like a family member or whatever it sort of sparks. And we'll talk about, you know, the song itself, but also the specific personal, like, you know, memory or, or, or experience they have with it. And then we'll do some other music chats too. And it'll be funny. It'll be sad. It'll be personal. It'll be whatever it wants to be, but it's great. We've done a few so far and I think it's a really great show. That is fantastic. Uh, so yeah, listeners keep your eyes out. Um, for that, uh, if once the show does come out, whether there's like an Apple podcast link or it's to social media, I'll try to keep my in my brain to retroactively edit this show to have that in the in the link because I'll put show like the garage show uh, social media on there, too, so people can just click. But that is so exciting. Um, yeah, is there anything thanks, else you wanted to be sure to shout out before we um, talk about uh, some other stuff? I don't think so. That's me right now. That's that's what's cooking in the oven for me at the oh, moment. Oh man! Well, you've uh, you've certainly worked up my appetite, Mister Olson. So I'm <laughs> ready to go. Um, now, before we get into your history with video games in general, would you uh, introduce the game that we're going to discuss for the main event today that you brought on the show? Absolutely. Um, the game that we're going to be talking about today is GameCube's own Super Mario Strikers. Cannot wait. I love anytime we get to shout out the old cube uh, and uh, a, a game that I hope people, my internet's not betraying you right now. You know, I can still hear you. So I think we're in a good spot. Um, it's possible. Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Also a very funny moment for my internet to betray you. <laughs> you look great. I mean, I love that right look for you, honestly. Um, but yeah, uh, this, like I'm so editing. excited to get into that. But 
Um, for now, I do want to get into your just general history with uh, video games in general. So do you remember the first time you took an interest in video games growing up, Jeremy, or were they something that were just around for you? Yeah, definitely. I I remember my family had, I, I think my mom, my mom's like a big like game person. Whoa. Um, she likes games uh, and she bought like an NES, like when I must've been two years old or something. Oh my gosh. Um, but I don't, I like, I, I, we had like Sesame street games, like educational type games. <laughs> and then like, we also had bubble bobble shout out to bubble bobble, okay. possibly my first love. Incredible. Um, it's a game where you play as a dinosaur, you shoot, uh, bad guys, uh, with bubbles that come out of your mouth <laughs> and then you jump on top of the bubble and you pop them, I think to death and they turn into <laughs> fruits and gems. It's a wonderful game. It's great. Yes. But I remember that game specifically. That's, that's like the only game I remember initially from the NES as opposed to, uh, well, of course, uh, Mario. Yeah. Uh, but the big, probably my big, um, like first, you know, falling in love moment with video games was when I was five years old. Um, when I was five, I had uh, this kind of intense surgery. Okay. Um, I had this surgery. It's called pectus excavatum. You know what? I I think I've seen the fruits of this surgery because we've been to yes. many, many a swimming parties together. Uh, that's right. That's yes. right. So I had chest surgery. They cut my chest open. Um, if if uh, have you ever seen someone with like, you know, the dip chest, little bowl in their chest? Mm -hmm. um, that's basically what I had, except it was pretty severe. Like mm. the structure of my chest was pretty deep. So the the doctors had to tell my parents like, yo, we got to fix this kid. He can't just grow into this body yeah. uh, with this cereal bowl in his chest. Mm. So they cracked me open and restructured oh. my chest when I was five. Um, and like, I don't remember it a lot. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of that is like my brain trying to survive. Yes. <laughs> it was oh my so, God. it was so intense. And like, I remember like talking beforehand with my folks and stuff. And then just being like, like I can see the fear in my parents' eyes. Oh no. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I think this is a huge deal. Like I can barely put it together. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, I'm just doing what I think I'm supposed to do. I know this is unusual. Were you a smart kid? Were you like a little precocious too? No, I was a little dumbass. <laughs> I, <don't. laughs> I had me. No, fooled. I think I think I was really like emotionally uh like intelligent. I yeah, think I really like out. could feel um people's energy that or that's specifically what I, what I remember. Like I could really feel the concern for my mm -hmm. mom and then. Like my dad is a pretty, you know, he's a pretty level headed guy yeah. and he's a doctor himself. And even he, like, I, I feel like I could sense even his worry, uh, when I was five and I was like, oh, this must be, this must be some shit. Oh boy. Uh, that's what I thought in my five-year-old head. I'm like, damn, this must be some shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always how I imagined you thinking went. So that works. Yeah. Yeah. That's like my inner monologue. It's just, that's how it sounds. Um, but yeah, so I had this surgery, um, and uh, everything went great. Thanks, uh, listeners, if you're concerned. I'm a normal person with a regular chest. Uh, but afterwards, there's like a, a pretty like intense recovery. Totally. And I couldn't, um, I, I wasn't supposed to sit all the way up. I had mm. to sit at an incline. And I, I was just asking my parents about this, but it's like, 
I think at the hospital they had some games. Oh, nice. And so they like, I, I remember them like wheeling in a little cart or something and having some games on it. And then that must've given my mom the idea of like, Oh, this could be like a great thing to do during recovery. And so my parents bought me a super Nintendo. Oh, now we're talking. And like, I'm, I mean, now I'm like, I guess the surgery was worth it. Cause yeah. <laughs> I got a super Nintendo out of the deal and that turns out to be a huge deal. Anybody would take that trade. Yeah. Come on. Look, you can get a free super Nintendo. You just got to get cut open just a little bit and have your brain like save you from the trauma years later. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I specifically remember like when they were giving me the anesthesia, I'm giving you the craziest creepy details. No, I here, love but, this, <laughs> but as I was like, you know, they're prepping me for surgery. Mm -hmm. They were giving me the anesthesia to fall asleep and I was watching 101 Dalmatians. Oh my God. And they're like, count backwards from 10. Uh, 10. Nah. And then I was out just like faded away to like oh, the voice boy. of Pongo and Anita. Just <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. So post surgery, uh, my, my setup was this, get a load of this. Oh. I'm in the living room of my home in Modesto and my parents have set up like a, like a backyard outdoor, like chaise lounge chair. Oh yeah. <laughs> and we've got the super Nintendo plugged in with Mario Kart and super Mario world. And oh. I parked, I was just on that chair for, I think something like four weeks just chilling. And Dang. I just devoured those games and I just thought they were the best things that's ever happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> Some people still claim that two those two games, specifically Super Mario World, are the best thing that ever happened yeah. to them. So it checks out. Yeah. Man, Super Mario World. Unbelievable. What a game. So good. I, I, I love to share about myself on the show. It's something I will continue to do. But <laughs> I didn't actually play through. That was only something I would play at Eddie's house growing up. Because okay. I only had an NES and then jumped to 64. So I finally gave it the full playthrough after the uh, SNES Mini came out and now it's right. like something that is come has become like belated nostalgia for me. Yes. But man, it's great. In a similar way, I feel like, yeah, that game I played with a lot of people. It mm -hmm. was like that was such like a one and two player game. Like yeah. like I, I, I have memories of me playing it by myself in the Chase Lounge chair. Mm -hmm. But like also way more memories probably with buddies and yeah. like neighbor kids like that came over like it's a good one, two game as well. Absolutely. Gosh, that's in, is in, was that in the, in the home that I have always known or were it you is. Like, yeah. 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 Gosh. Um, Parents are still there too. Still doing it. Two Oh nine, man. Never, never forget. So are mine as, as much as they threaten to leave Modesto all the time. I'm like, Hey, <laughs> do you, they? You, oh yeah. I'm like, all right, you guys, you do your thing. Um, yeah. A lot of fun memories at that. I have specific, I actually have specific video game memories at your house that I'll, I'll wait for a little later to bring up. And by memories, I think one, but, uh, so take me a little bit after that. Were you a big super Nintendo kid? Did that lead into more, uh, more gaming for you? Okay. My internet is bugging out again. That's okay. <laughs> but I can still, I can still hear you. Oh, you can hear you me. look like a frozen man. Oh, well, I, well <laughs> Hey, it's, it's kind of my best look. So, um, did you catch the last yeah. thing that okay, I, I think you? I got you back now? Okay, cool. I did. I did. Um, uh, uh, I think like basically after, you know, 
the the great unveiling of the Super Nintendo in my life, I just became full Nintendo kid. Nice. And then like I got the subscription to Nintendo Power. Oh yes. You know, and I'm like reading everything, and Nintendo becomes a part of my identity yep. for sure. And like I remember anticipating the N64 so hard. <laughs> like I was like like reading everything I could about uh-huh. it, you know, like all my friends were into it at this point. Like probably my three closest friends were like huge Nintendo fans right along with me. Awesome. And um I would say yeah, when the 64 came out, it was like an event. It like it was talked about all day at school. Uh, everyone was talking about what games they were going to get, which launch games they were going for mm-hmm. the Donkey Kong expansion pack, the rumble packs, yeah. like all of that was like regular lunch conversation and very much a full video games kid. And specifically, you know, when Ocarina of time came out was a very important <laughs> like fence post in my gamer uh, fandom. Uh, it, I remember talking about it so much at school and every, like, I couldn't believe games could even be like that. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Ocarina of time totally blew my mind. It was like, I, I, I never even considered, Oh, these games could be, you know, they could have such a narrative like that. Especially I think when you're playing Nintendo games too, cause it's a lot of Mario stuff. It's a lot of arcade yeah. stuff that I love. Um, but they hit you with Zelda and you're like, Oh my God, this is like, a storybook world uh-huh. of like the possibilities sort of like peel back and open up. And yeah, Ocarina of Time was, was a BFD. Oh yeah. As uh, everyone says. <laughs> we, all, we all do whether or not we're upfront about it. That's a uh, really cool to hear uh, from you. Also, another thing that I'll just continue to tie our souls together is that um, we're a few years apart, but our birthdays are, are a day apart. I'm the 15th of November and you are the 16th. That's correct. You're not the, are you the 14th? No, I am the 16th. Okay. You're right. We should have just been yeah. confident about that. But Ocarina would have come two days after your birthday. So I would assume that's probably like a birthday, big birthday moment for you. Or if not, maybe a delayed Christmas. Yeah, no, that's exactly what happened. It was a, it was a delayed birthday thing. Cause I, I had that, you know, every birth, when every birthday came around, you know, I made sure to have whatever releases were around that time. And if they were early, you know, there were more birthdays. But if I could manage to wait yes. those extra few months for Christmas, then I, I would do so. But it would depend on how much I was anticipating everything. Totally. Uh, man, that's so cool to hear about Ocarina from you. It was that I never played a I didn't play Link to the Past, obviously. But then I think I saw Ocarina at Eddie's house and was like, what is this? And yeah. As much as I was already an N64 kid and Mario 64 was super special to me, that also sort of, I think, unlocked uh, just an expansion of possibilities. Um, awesome. So, uh, and obviously you continue, were you a handheld kid too? Did you have, were you a Game Boy person? Yeah. Yes, definitely Game Boy person. Um, I, I I liked it. Um, I wasn't huge into it. I was like, I mean, yeah, this is awesome. And I like you know, portable gaming, but console was kind of where I lived for the most part. Mm-hmm. That is until Pokemon. Yeah. Uh-huh. So when, when red and blue dropped, I was like, Oh God, well, I mean, <laughs> now, now portable gaming has a, is operating on a whole different level. Yes. Um, and I can't remember who told me to get that game, 
but I, I owe them for life because I, I think I got it release day. I like, I think I got it when it came out Oh my! Gosh. and nobody like no one even knew what it was at that yeah. point, but someone convinced me to get it. And, uh, that was a game changer. Uh, I, I spent like 300 hours on that first blue Pokemon game. Just went crazy for it. So you were swept up in Pokemania as well. Oh yeah. Big time. Gosh. Po- uh, Pocket Monsters was huge. How, I mean, they had, I've talked about this with several people, but to be like in that perfect age range when it first hit and never left was, is kind of surreal to look back on. Like, cause you know, we had the cartoon, the trading card game, the yes. action figures, the movies eventually came out. It was, yeah, pretty, pretty crazy time. Yeah. I, and we couldn't be at a better age for that. No. Like yep. it was, it was perfection. Like right when the Poke lightning struck, <laughs> Pika Pika. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like the prime age. I, I can't even believe, I mean, now that we're looking back on 20 years of Pokemon, like it just, what a fortunate uh, time period. Yeah. What a great time to be alive. Truly. <laughs> uh, we did hit it at a pretty sweet time to be like video game kids, just right as things were getting really good to, uh, to great. It felt like, um, yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, I will say back to Zelda yeah. too. When, when Majora's mask dropped, like I still remember the day, yeah. was, I think it was sixth grade. I think I was in sixth grade. So I think that game was 2000. It was. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I specifically remember like, like, uh, going home and on, on the day it came out, getting it, going home, playing it so much or as much as my parents would allow, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which wasn't a, a lot, you know, it's like, get outside, you're melting your brain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but then the next day at school, like everyone was like foaming at the mouth to share about the game. And I remember my friend Kenny was like, oh, I'm already on uh, whatever the fucking water level or whatever it is. I was like, oh what? Gosh. How did you get what? Like, I couldn't believe and then I got like the whole rest of the day. I couldn't focus on school. I was like sick to my stomach thinking about how far ahead Kenny Stewart was <laughs> in the game. Shout out Kenny. <laughs> and so then I like ran home, played it as much as my parents would allow. It was like such a, like a moment in time that I definitely will never forget. That is uh that is really special. I, that's impressive. Just thinking about how that game works. And I think how long it, it probably took me a while to get the hang of the time mechanic and the turning back the clock and what that what you lose and what you don't lose. Um, and those are two I, I've, I've said for a while that Majora's Mask is is my personal favorite game of all time, which I know is sort of probably like a little bit of a hipster choice because, you know, it's it's not Ocarina, but I think it's the alt. Lo- it's very alt of oh, you. Very much so. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do here. Uh, <laughs> as much the more time that I have with that game and the more time I replay it, the more special it becomes. Um, so I could talk about that game. Forever, yeah. I feel like we're already in trouble. I'm really gabbing a lot. No, I this we're is on track here. Hey, I love a good. Hey, you know what they say about me? He loves a good gab. So we're in good. We're in business. Um, okay, good. How, how about? Um, so obviously, you played the GameCube because the game we're talking about for today uh, is a GameCube title. Um, my memory of games at your house was you had Animal Crossing, the original one, and I remember. Yeah. I think I got introduced to that because. Your sister may have even been pl- had an, a character on your in your town as well. Yes, yeah, that's right. I was I was super into that first mm-hmm. Animal Crossing game. I was big. I was very into it. And then yeah, it was something me and my sister could play together, which yeah. we d- we didn't have like a lot of um, games in common. 
Um, even though, I mean, she always wanted to play stuff with me, but I don't think she would like could get into sure. some of the other stuff I liked. And so animal crossing was something we both liked mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, what a delightful game. It was so different than everything at the time, you know, and, um, it, yeah, well, I mean, just what an unusual game. And I loved how weird it was. <laughs> yes, it was really, especially that it, the quirks sort of remain, but they were, I feel like tamped down a little bit, like something that I think I've heard reiterated a lot and I got it this last year. So I, and I toyed around and sure enough, the villagers are kind of mean in that one, which I don't know. They're straight up mean. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know why I like that. <laughs> it's a problem with me and it's a pattern in my life, but, uh, I, there are quirks in that first one that are, that were really special before it got a little big, which I think, I mean, it's still great today, but yeah, I, I think like I was thinking about how mean they were when the, the, you know, when the new hysteria uh, has now taken off and I just want to honk my horn a little bit and be like, okay guys, I was an OG fan (laughs) and okay. And you heard it here first. I got a witness. Okay. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I played the new one a shit ton of course as well, but I like the, (laughs) I like that. I was thinking about them being mean in the first game. And I'm uh-huh. like, as a kid, I sort of didn't blink with that. Like, no, it, it was kind of just like part of it. And I wonder if that's like growing up and being a kid and being in school and how horrifying it is to like exist yes. in a social atmosphere at school and the meanness of the villagers in the first animal crossing. I'm like, I don't know. This isn't that different. I'm ready for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm used to this every day, walking from recess to the to line <laughs> yeah. to get back into class. Yeah, um, I can handle this. If I can handle freaking Brandon Byler, got him, bully. Gotcha, Brandon. Is that a real bully name? Bully by name, first and last. Let's go. You know, any bullies uh, yeah, we I, name I, are certainly not podcast people, so I think we're in the clear. Yeah, definitely uh, not. They're not that uh, intellectual. Uh, um, got him, roasted. Dude, I've got your back, dude. I'll kick any of your bullies' asses. Thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. I do expect the same from you. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, be reciprocal. I feel like we could probably spend a lot of time on a lot of consoles moving forward. Um, did you have – I have a couple questions for you. Um And, of course, if there's anything you're like, I got to hit on this, please, you have the agency to do that, Jeremy. Um, was there – did you ever have a uh, like a dark period, a period where you fell off of gaming quite significantly? Uh, and when was that, if so? Yeah, I did. It was it was much later, like much, much later. Video games were very in my life all through, you know, all through college, mm-hmm. you know, all through. I mean, even after. But I would say I probably went dark for like maybe something like two and a half to three years. Yeah. Um, when I was around like uh must have been like from twenty-four to twenty-six or something mm-hmm. like that. I like pretty much didn't play, I mean, basically anything. Yeah. I I had an Xbox and I still was like very much keeping my eye on most Nintendo things. Yes. Uh, but I didn't play much. Like I just, I, I mean, I probably picked it up here and there, but it like, it really, you know, I, I must've been going through this like phase too of like, you know, Oh, I don't, I, I, I'm growing up now and yeah. your twenties are <laughs> weird. And you're like, I had this like new guilt with video games. Mm-hmm. I felt like that I'd never felt before. And I was like, ah, you know, uh, you know, so some of my friends had, moved away, you know, after, after college and, uh, people like probably my friends who I really would play a lot of games with weren't so much around anymore. And I'm like, man, like it, it, I just had a quick, 
you know, different relationship with it at that time. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that I asked because a lot of people who, uh, like yourself have had a pretty consistent, uh, uh, time with video games. Uh, we all have that moment. It's just interesting to see where it falls for people. Uh, did you ever have a Wii U? Yes, I had a Wii U. Okay. Wow. One of 12 million in the world. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I definitely did it. I mean, I, there's no way I wasn't going to do it. I've had every Nintendo console. So I just, it had to be done. (laughs) Same here. I was delayed two years. I didn't get it until smash four came out. Um, but I eventually came around, uh, cool. Always good to know fellow, uh, Wii U player. And you know what I'll, I'm going to say this till the day I die, but Splatoon on the Wii U, come on. It's too much fun. The little touch screen. It's good. It's actually good mechanics. Yeah, it's so good. Um, all right. Uh, oh, good. I'll sort of wrap up this uh, history of video games with a, with a couple more questions. Um, do you have a favorite console of all time? And uh, even if we've already mentioned it. Yes, I definitely do. Um, and I think it's just because of like time spent playing yeah. it. Like I love most Nintendo consoles, the Super Nintendo, the N64, the GameCube, enormous, you know, uh, in terms of impact on my life. But I played the GameCube so fiercely <laughs> and so many games on there. I just like I'd spent so much time and it, it just has to be a favorite. I think yeah. that's that's probably the one. That's awesome. Uh then to, to sort of get us to present day, Jeremy, um, have there been uh, has there been a game or two in the last few years that have been particularly impactful for you? Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, I would say something that I play all the time now and have probably ever since it came out. And uh yeah, I, I still consistently play. It's Rocket League, baby. Oh, we, we, it's freaking Rocket I think League. We, you floated this to me in a text before, and I was like, I'm I more have. of a casual Rocket League. Guy. <laughs> yes, yes. I was like, dude, let's get online and play some. What do you but, like to play on? Um, I play on Xbox. Cool. Um, and it took you know because it's originally a PlayStation mm-hmm. title, and so my my buddy had a PlayStation. Uh, my friend Dylan shout out uh, in. So we played it at his place in Modesto oh, when I was wow. for like a Christmas. And I was like, this game is everything I wanted. Again. Yeah. It's like twisted metal meets sports games. I, I like sports games. I've been, I've played a lot of sports games. Yes. That's been a consistent thing for my uh, gamer career. And so this game is perfect. It's like silly and fun, like in a Nintendo way, mm-hmm. but also like a great, you know, physics based sports game. Awesome. And uh, yeah, I play, I just play it so damn much. Uh, I like it a lot. Killer. Uh, I love that. Was Were you going to mention a second game or was that like your statement for that question? No, that's totally it. That's probably cool. the one. Um, yeah, that's that's got to be the one that's uh, that I've been messing with the most in the last couple of years. Okay, awesome. Uh, well, thank you for walking me through your history. I feel like we could have absolutely just spent a whole episode just going through every console, like the Wii, the the Game Boy Advance, who knows? Um, yeah. But I do appreciate you doing that. Um, like I told you before, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back to discuss all things Super Mario Strikers. So, Jeremy, I will see you on the other side. Looking forward to it.
Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Of course, here today with the great Jeremy P. Olson to discuss Super Mario Strikers. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for including the P, important to my social media presence. Um, I don't, you're, you're very welcome. Uh, is it Patrick? What is, what is your middle name? I'll let you guess. And this is normally the clue that, that I give that, uh, people get it on. Ooh. It does not make a P sound. <gasps> uh, Phineas. Okay. Well, clearly <laughs> you have, another one. uh, Billy Eilish on your mind. That's okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, man, why do I feel so stuck on this? Uh, it should be, should it be pr- it should be Phil, Philip. There it is. Phillip. Okay. Whew. Yep. Yeah. Whew. You started to sweat there. You can see I it did. over the zoom. I was like, I'm not going to think of this. Uh, <laughs> everybody figures it out, but me. I know that's actually like a terrible way to set that up. Like it's real easy once I say this thing. So if you don't now you're super dumb. You know what? I do kind of like my having my feet held to the fire. So, so it actually, it worked out well. Um, you, you did get under pressure. Oh, thank you. Uh, so like I told you before, I'm going to go over a little bit of history and context for what Super Mario Strikers is. Uh, and if you'd like to jump in at any point, uh, and include any context that you think is important, uh, please do. Uh, or if you just feel like interrupting me, (laughs) I mean, I, I could use a little bit of that. Um, (laughs) you you can take it. Yeah, I'm used to it. Uh, but here we go. Super Mario Strikers, known in Europe and Australia as Mario Smash Football, is a 2005 sports video game developed by Next Level Games and published by Nintendo for the GameCube. Uh, This is not a part of this little anecdote here, but Next Level Games would go on to uh, eventually develop uh, the new Luigi's Mansion, Luigi's Mansion 3. Oh, no way. And they may have done two. They've sort of become one of the big... Uh, third-party developers for Nintendo, but I but they are they have been bought since then. So Nintendo okay. owns them. Um, I really as like much that, as they were working that, in conjunction. Uh, that latest um, oh yeah Luigi's Mansion game, lots of fun. Uh, an absolute blast. I like the previous two, the first two games uh, in the series, but that one was is my favorite for sure. Yeah, um, I think I was live tweeting me playing it once, <laughs> and you you were all up in those uh, oh tweets, if I remember correctly. <laughs> that uh, absolutely checks out. Uh, now I'm gonna have to go back and look at those. Um, <laughs> so these developers uh, had worked on NHL Hits Pro before Strikers development had began, which served as an influence for the fast paced and physical nature of the game. This was also the last Mario game to be released on the GameCube in Japan and North America. Something I didn't know. Um, Strikers is a soccer or football game, depending on how you look at it, incorporating characters and themes from the Mario franchise. And the game features the basic aspects and objectives of the game. Although no referees are present, a cab, and and characters can legitimately (laughs) shove others out of possession of the ball. Uh, As in other games, such as Mario Power Tennis... The player can use Mario-themed items, such as bananas and red shells, to hinder the opposition and gain the advantage. Each, te- each team's captain can use super strikes that, if timed correctly, will result in two points scored for the striker's team. Each team comprises a goalkeeper, a main Mario character, who is the captain, and three of the same secondary Mario characters known as sidekicks. Uh, the game received generally favorable reviews, according to video game review aggregator Metacritic. In general, reviewers lauded Strikers' accessibility and multiplayer gameplay, but criticized the lack of gameplay modes and single-player offerings. A sequel, Mario Strikers Charge, was released for the Wii in 2007, and coincidentally, later this year, a successor, Mario Strikers Battle League 
will release for Switch. Right, I'm baby. assuming you knew that. That's right, baby. Oh, I knew. I was on that news big time uh, and was genuinely shocked and excited. Yes, this is one of those franchises that, you know, as well as Nintendo is doing, and they could bring back anything now, and it's probably going to sell pretty well. I was sure that this and Mario Baseball were dead. Happy to see that this game is back as much as I would love a Mario Baseball title. Um, I I should have known that you would love a Mario Baseball title. I played so much of that game. Oh, yeah. uh, for, For the Wii. It was the Wii, right? Or the Wii... They had one for GameCube and Wii, just like Strikers was on. That's both. right. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, man. It is golden. It's a great baseball game. I uh, did, as I have video game collecting issue now, as I like to call it. And <laughs> last year I got Mario Superstar Baseball for the GameCube and played played a decent amount of it and was like, yeah, this is uh, everything I ever wanted. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, as far as... Uh, History and context for the for this first game. Is there anything that you're like, oh, we got to include this um, that we didn't maybe go over yet? No, all the elements are you've you've definitely covered okay. the important parts. Yeah, yeah. M- m- I would maybe describe this as sort of a a cult classic game. Um, I don't actually know how well it sold, but I don't believe. I think it it would have if it would have sold better, the Nintendo probably would have kept it around more yeah. consistently. Um, yeah, it's in, it's interesting that you say that it was like favorably reviewed because like, you know, I went nuts for it, mm-hmm. but it didn't seem like, I mean, in the circles that I was in too, and like people that I knew that even, you know, were obsessed with Nintendo and Mario and stuff, it doesn't seem like a go-to like, oh man, Mario Strikers, like yes. it's not really talked about like so much so that when the newest one was announced, I had a lot of people reach out to me because they knew they know that I'm like a Colts like fan yes. of that first game. Um, but yeah, it, de- it doesn't seem like it entered like a big, you know, uh, audience. I think you're right. But the people who did play it, I hear so much from, um, we do, uh, on uh do you know i would assume you know jeremy schmidt uh i do yeah Mm -hmm. so jeremy produces this show we do all of the everything with at super mpc radio together but we do on his show video games a comedy show which we gotta get you on Um, let's let's do it uh now this is me planting the seed for it now we every i think four times a year so essentially quarterly we'll do these uh fantasy draft console episodes where we bring on like it's six of us and we're choosing from the entire GameCube library, and we go through it in a snake draft. And you know, once one gets taken, it's off the board, right. um, and the rest of them are destroyed for time because we're uh, for all time because we're of course doing space research, and we get hit <laughs> by an asteroid. And every single time, we we don't learn our lesson. So, Strikers, <laughs> I'm almost sh- uh, sure was taken by someone because um, there's always like at least one big Strikers fan out there. Yeah, it's a sleeper pick on a draft. It's definitely a sleeper pick. Absolutely. Um, okay, well, that'll do it for the history and context. So let's get into, you know, your history with the game, Jeremy. Do you um, remember, you know, anticipating this game or was it something that showed up you were excited about? I'd love to know. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, like I said before, I, I also love sports games. Yes, you you're know, a like, huge sports fan too. I'm a big, big sports fan, big sports guy. Uh, I feel like that's, do you feel like that's weirdly controversial to say sometimes in the group, in the groups that we run in? I think it's, do you know what I'm talking about? I think there was a time where there was, people would jump to make more fun of you. And that time kind of like how it became cool to be into like comedy and games. It's now like acceptable to like sports again. 
And you don't have to be as ashamed of it. Yeah. Yeah. There was a little bit of a time where it's like, really? CTE, Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah, CTE. Or (laughs) like whatever it was. Like, (laughs) yeah. People are still mad at at bullies and and jocks and stuff. And yeah. (laughs) Which I get. Yeah. (laughs) Which I get. I understand. I was there too. Uh, But yeah, I, I very much love sports. I have been into sports my entire life and also video games. So like, yeah, Madden, you know, FIFA's. Uh, Did you ever yeah, play MVP? Never played MVP. Ooh, my friend. I think you would have loved it. You know what the thing about baseball games is? They're, they were, they're exclusive to PlayStation a lot of the time. Uh, oh, especially, I mean, until this year and last year, technically for Xbox, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So baseball games, I haven't played as much of. It's mm-hmm. mostly just been football and football or soccer. Oh, there prefer. we go. <laughs> Oh, also basketball. I mean, NBA jam. Yeah. Very, very important game. I almost selected it for this program, Ooh. but I, I figured NBA jam, you've probably covered quite a great deal. Ha- you know what? Just, I hate to tell you this mid, you know, an hour in, but, uh, it would have been available. Son of a bitch. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll have to, and if it doesn't get claimed, we'll have to have you back a uh, hundred episodes in the future to do Oh it. my God. I literally <laughs> one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, but so, yeah, so the Mario sport, like Mario sports games have always had like a very special place in my heart. Mm. Um, and there's been plenty of them. Mario yeah. tennis. I mean, you, you could call Mario Kart a sports game oh, yeah. if you want to, you know, like they have such good titles and it's everything I like about games because I love sports games and I love getting into stats and, you know, simulation and stuff like that. That's really fun, but it pairs all that stuff with like the fun and everyoneness yes. of Mario, you know? Um, so when this game came out, I was, you know, I, I, I had already been playing lots of the other Mario titles. Um, and I like soccer. I grew up playing some soccer. Um, and so when they, when they put this out, I was like, oh, of course, this is an automatic Uh purchase. Like (laughs) this is happening. And I can't remember what the year was. It might've been, this is maybe 2003, four, what year was it? For this game? Yes. This was oh five or, or oh five. Okay. Yes. So oh five. And this, it came out like as I'm going to school. So as I'm moving away to college is when this game, uh, is, is being played. And like, that's where this game lives for me is like in my college dorm room. Like, it's, it, it was such a big thing amongst my, my roommate at the time. And then like a lot of my dorm mates. And I will say too, like, um, you know, moving to school is a scary thing. Definitely. Uh, you're away from your folks for the first time. You got to make all new friends. That's a horrible prospect. Yeah. Right. And like the way I used to make friends back in the day, I mean, on, in elementary school, I said it was like video games kind of like was a great way to make friendships. And then when I went to uh, college at Azusa, my first friend, uh, shout out to Ben Ritter was walking the halls and I had my door open because I'm just like, I, I need someone to walk in. I need Truly. friends immediately. <laughs> and he saw me playing Madden. Okay. And so he comes in and we start playing Madden. And that's, and he's friend, like one of my best friends to this yeah. day. Yeah. Um, and so gaming was definitely happening, qu- happening quite a bit in college. We also had like, this was still, we were still using ethernet cables at this time. Yes. And I don't know if you recall this or if this was the same experience for you in the same dorms, but you could plug your ethernet cable into the wall and get on people's like land stuff. So oh my gosh. 
like this is when Halo two or three was really popping, probably three. And so you could just like plug your ethernet cable into the wall and then play a dorm room down the hall. Uh, and oh my God, we just went nuts. I mean, it was a very fun time to play games, but with Mario strikers, it was something that I liked. And like we've talked about, it's like, it wasn't, you know, people weren't like, Oh my God, the Mario strikers game is out. Yeah. I was kind of pushing it onto people. <laughs> Evangelizing. Some I was. Say. Some would say, I would say, you would say, uh, <laughs> but I, I really got people into it nice. and, um, you know, my, my freshman roommate was on the football team. Uh, oh, wow. his name is Monty. And so he loves sports as well, obviously. And he got so into it, like <laughs> very, like almost toxically competitive between him and <laughs> myself and then our like friends would come over and they'd see us like going at it uh-huh. on strikers. And they were like, this looks amazing. And people also just like to watch us. Cause we were, it was too, it was honestly too much. Like it got out of hand. It was, it was a whole, it sounds like a show. <laughs> it kind of was, I mean, it was fierce and it was something to behold. And then, you know, our mutual friend, Kale Erickson got in the mix Kale. And he started getting really good. Because he was he a soccer guy too, right? Big soccer guy. He was a oh. he was a goalkeeper. Um, and so he starts to get into it. And he lived in a different dorm room, right? Well, can I? Can we? I have been wanting to ask this whole time because I don't think yes. I know what dorm you were in freshman year. I was in Ingstrom. I th- I had that instinct that you were Ingstrom. Uh, I'm an Ingstrom what, guy. What hall? Uh, first West. Okay, cool, great. Yeah, just wanted to. Just get that mental image. It, it's really That's putting right. me there. You were a Smith guy. I was actually uh, a Trinity uh, first oh, North Trinity. guy. I was like the first room on the hall. So oh, yeah. Okay. I had a lot of like similar access uh, options as far as like I could open my door, turn on video games and people would feel like, Oh huh? <laughs> yeah. 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 That was great. I, I love that. Me like too. it was such a, you just keep the door open. You're playing games. People just walk in, yeah. pick up a controller, like so much fun. So good. So thank you for letting um, me interrupt you, though. Oh, oh, please interrupt me whenever. I feel like I've uh, could talk for days about this. this no, is I getting love ridiculous. This. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but with strikers, it got really out of hand because then Kale <laughs> takes it over to Smith. They start playing over in on Smith, and then we kind of have this little club going in Ingstrom where there's like six of us guys that are really going at it, <laughs> and then we hear about Smith that they started going off over there and we're like, who the hell who there's dudes over there. No, we are the Mario strikers yes. part of this campus. Thank you very much. <laughs> and so then I get a word who's who it is. It's these guys, Brian and Taylor and Tim. And we're like, Oh hell no, we're going to challenge them. Uh-huh. And it became like a turf war. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then we start playing them. It just got so heated and big. We had like a ranking system of oh, who was like, yes. we kept a spreadsheet of wins and losses statistics. And we posted on my door like rankings. Oh, <laughs> this is like sometimes there's sometimes when I get so into a game, I have dreams of taking it like not this seriously, but like getting this elaborate with yeah. how you're evaluating everything. So I'm just all ears about this. Yeah. I wonder if it's like, cause 
I can feel this from you. I know yeah. that your your brain works in the same way that mine does. Is this what they breed in Modesto? Is this Maybe. part like what? It it might like, be just you know being you're such a big sports fan. You're like trying to find a way to like quantify this too. Uh, yeah, I did a this. I'll make this sort as brief as I can. But senior year of high school, I don't know what it was, but I got like twenty people to uh, compete in a Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow end of the year tournament where oh my god and the way that we we had like qualifications like all right whoever beats the game uh with the quickest uh runtime they get ranked as the highest seed but you still have time to like build your team so do you want to take your time and like and but maybe be a lower ranking and build up your team earlier we also had rules like you can't duplicate tms um, if you want to use rare candies, fine, but you're not going to be as strong. We had all this stuff. Oh, this is great. We didn't end up actually doing it at the end of the year, but, uh, we all, a bunch of us got together and played it. We were going to also play it, uh, using the Pokemon stadium transfer pack. Uh, so oh, make them wonderful. 3d finally. <laughs> yes. So oh, that's great. This is not I, that, not too far apart. I do think you're right. There's probably something about a sports fan's brain too, mm-hmm. that likes the organization wants to step back and look at the data yeah. and have rankings and all that. Like there's gotta be a link there. Probably. Um, that is absolutely incredible. Do you have any memories as far as like, uh, uh, specific matches or, or m- any like moments that really stood out to you? Yeah, absolutely. You, we mentioned at the beginning how this, they also made, I think NHL hits or yes. something like that. Yeah. It's, it's the way the game works. It's, it, it is very hockey ish at times because yeah, the no ref thing, it's very arcade. You can just smash people into <laughs> literally an, ele- an electric fence and watch them get like <laughs> brutally electrocuted. And the best, by the way, the best player to hit, if you're curious out there, the best person to smash into the fence is Wario. <laughs> what does he, but that, what does he do? I'll give you an impression. Are you ready? This is my impression <laughs> of Wario getting slammed into the electric fence of Super Mario Strikers. Here we go. <laughs> like he's enjoying it a little bit. That's it. He kind of <laughs> likes it. He's like, he gets hit into it and he's sort of like, he, he likes the, the pain. He's oh, into it. that is a de- a Nintendo detail that needs to be spread around far more than it is. I agree. I agree. Here I am evangelizing. And also Jeremy, that was quite an incredible impression. That was really good. Thank you. Thank You've you done very that much. A few it's, times. It's, it's, I've done it many times. It's one of my only impressions. <laughs> Pretty niche. They would say pretty niche. They would. Oh gosh. Yes. But, um, so what I like so, so much about the game is that it's really simple, Mm -hmm. but it has such different strategies. Like, like any great, you know, sports game, you know, much like basketball, you, you can play it any different type of ways and be a successful, you know, player or team. Uh, what I like so much about strikers is the super strike element Mm. because it's essentially, I mean, I'm going to relate this to basketball quite a bit going forward, but it's a three pointer. It's not a three pointer. It's a two pointer, but you know, you can either in strikers, you can score one or two super strike being worth two. You can base your whole strategy going full Steph Curry warriors and just going for super strikes the whole game. And that's what my roommate Monty did. Okay. He was, (laughs) he was behind the arc you know, always like timing up his items. Like you got to get that item so you can defend yourself because you need some time to step back and hit that super strike because you got to hit a power meter in the right spots. And it takes a little second to where you're completely vulnerable and someone could just walk up to you and smash you into the wall. So 
he would base his whole strategy on trying to hit those shots. And me, I was much more of a balanced okay, type game yes, player. Of course. A Mario. I would sorts. hit. Uh, yes, uh, exactly. A Yoshi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would, uh, I would be a mix of that. I would, uh, do some regular plays. I do a lot of, you know, balls over the middle. Uh, but I'd hit a super strike if I needed to, or if it presented itself, I've got a good item. I would hit that as well. But Monty was great at hitting these, he's super strikes. Uh-huh. He like perfected it. And I was like one of the best players out the gate. I was kicking everybody's butt, but then Monty perfects this super oh, strike. No. It changes the whole landscape yes. of everyone playing the game. <laughs> he's, he's like, the Oh my God, he's on team warriors. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So he becomes untouchable yeah. and everyone's looking at me like, Oh, Jared, you thought you were the guy. You're not the guy anymore. Like, I, I brought like, you into this world. Monty. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> How dare you? And I was like, I'm going to find a way to beat this, yeah. you know? And and I sort of did, you know, you once it's like the evolution of any sport. It's yeah. like if someone starts playing it one way, taking advantage of the rules, it, you know, it sort of morphs its way back into like how you can stop that person. Yes. And it's, a, it was like a fascinating, like as simple as the game is, it's a, like a great study in like strategies mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Now here's my favorite memory about the game. Um, I'm answering this question uh, in essay form. This uh, is what I want. So thank you. The less me (laughs) on this show, the better. So you're doing us all a favor. Okay, great. Hi listeners. How you doing? Jeremy Olson. Uh, (laughs) So I mentioned that the other dorm room in Smith had their own faction that started to play. Now they had like a, different television over there. They had like a flat screen. I had like a tube TV because oh, it's like 2005. Yeah, I got it. I had a CRT. All right. So it played differently over there. Oh. And then, then you have this whole like home and away conversation. That is, I mean, it's, it was probably a, a little frustrating to get used to, but I love hearing that. Yes. Yes. Cause it, there's a little bit of a crop. There's a little bit of a zoom yes. on the, on the flat screen. And it drove me nuts because I wasn't as good over there. <laughs> so I would go over there to kick their asses because I'm the guy. You know, I was the king out the gate. Yeah. And they beat me. They'd be like, I don't know. I guess you're not so good. I don't know why you're the guy. And I was like, no, you, you don't understand. It's different over here. And like, oh, yeah, it's different. I'm like, get over here to Ingstrom, you know. And then they would come over and they would get their butts kicked. And then we would have like this huge conversation about, you know, <laughs> what the rules are. Should we standardize the rules? We need the same screens. Like, how is this going to work? The ranking systems are flawed. (laughs) Um, But probably my favorite uh, detail was uh, like, we started practicing over an Ingstrom with the crop on my TV. Cause I was furious. I lost the first time I went over there. And so I went over there the second time cause I practiced with the crop and I beat all three of them in that dorm room. And I beat Brian, I beat Taylor, and I beat Tim. And I gotta say, Tim GNA grew up today. Quick check in with him. He stormed the Capitol. <laughs> Are you serious? Yep. Oh yeah. boy. Yeah, that man stormed the Capitol. And 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 who set him on that path after kicking his ass in Mario Strikers? Mr. Jeremy Olson. Um, oh my gosh. I thought you were going to say, yeah, we, we keep in touch and we're pretty cool. Uh, he's a good guy. He, he learned a lot. Oh, Hey, you know what? I'm really glad that you, you know, worked on that, the cropped version of it because you yeah. can let that guy win. 
No, no. I mean, especially knowing what I know now, he needed to be crushed. Let's be serious. How, can I ask how you figured out that this guy did this? Were you just like looking oh, him up? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, no. His name's Tim GNA. Uh, I'm going full name here because who cares? Uh, he he worked for BuzzFeed a little bit after APU, okay. and he uh, then started this like insane like alt right personality called Baked Alaska. Oh my! I don't God. know if you've heard of this, no. <laughs> but he just became like an alt right troll. Yeah. Uh, and so he then he was like doing these live stream videos. He literally was at like um, what would the the Tiki Torch event yes. in Charlotte? Oh my uh, God! He was there live streaming that. He got like like I don't know gas dumped on him or something, and he was like, I, he's a lunatic. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's been I, I mean amongst my APU friends, we've been sharing about him ever since because, oh, because, oh my God. Right. I mean, it's insane. Holy shit. Yeah. And so, um, the day that Capitol happened, January 6th, um, I was already like this motherfucker. He has to be there. He's in there, isn't he? And I looked up his like streaming account. There he was Nancy Pelosi's office. <laughs> oh my God. God. Yeah. Yeah. This is real, man. Yeah. So, uh, I tell you what, that victory that day in super Mario strikers is it's become, uh, on another level of fond memory for yes. me. I need to make you a trophy. Uh, thank you because you've done us all the favor, Jeremy. <laughs> thank you. You know, just they're APU, man. You get some great people there. Then you meet some, uh, you know, alt-right terrorists. So <laughs> we span, we span the spectrum of, of people there. Uh, yeah. diversity. Okay. Diversity. Hey, which, you know, I'm sure is something they love. Uh, oh yeah. No, quite the opposite. Um, that is so funny. What a, what an incredible memory. Um, yeah. Jeremy, is there, uh, anything else, like any details about the game or any other moments that, uh, you, uh, wanted to, that you wanted to share today? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. So I think I've covered it all. Cool. I, you know, I don't know how to wrap up really the, the end of our fierce all good. Uh, dorm to dorm. I think probably just the year ended and we moved, yeah. <laughs> we, we moved on to a different game, but I, I, I was, I got so good at it that I like, if you were to say like, like, I actually want to hear your answer about yes. this as well. But if you were to like, if someone was to challenge you, you know, one-on-one -on -one in any game if you had the, what's the, like the most confident you would be that you mm -hmm. would beat them in this particular game? And it's Mario Strikers for me. That was like my game. Ah, uh, that's good to know. Like, you know, when, you know, Space Jam, the Space Jam aliens come back and they're mm -hmm. like, they're like, Jeremy Olsen, we're going to pin you into something, but we're going to play his game. You can beat him at Strikers. That's right. That's what I would offer up without question. Always my go-to is Space Jam aliens. Uh <laughs> Uh, for me, you know, I feel like it is probably a sports game. It's probably like uh, I really got into Super Mega Baseball 3 in 2020. Oh, yeah. Have you played mm -hmm. that one? I sure have. Oh, boy. Oh, I love that game. Um, yeah. Or maybe even something like Backyard Baseball, like 2001. I think I'm really dang good at that. Um, yeah. It's all, I think it's just a bunch of baseball games. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, Man, backyard baseball! What a game! Oh, alt, all an all timer for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually have one on the GameCube. I have they have 2005, which is like the first 3D one, and oh wow, it's good. Uh, it's it's not perfect, and it loses a little bit of the charm from the computer uh, series, but it's great. Um, well, 
Jeremy, as we head into the sort of the the post show segments, would you mind just like wrapping up the place that Strikers held for you as much as you painted us a pretty clear picture? <laughs> yes, it's um, yeah, it, it's it's like it's it, I love Mario so much. Uh, video games have always been Mario to me. It's mm-hmm. just like that is he he is video games to me yeah <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so cheesy and insane but it's true um and like i i it's like the perfect marriage of um yeah everything like i've like i said before like everything i like about a game like i love sports games i love stats i love but it's but stri- strikers anyone can pick up and have a great time and you know you got the whole gang in there you got hammer bros you got you know you've got like I the alligators the clap traps from donkey kong yeah. Yeah. I love how they slip in some of those like yeah. deep characters just occasionally like one will surface like these are the goalkeepers. They're the, the gators from Donkey <laughs> yes. Kong. And you're like, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, at the, it's kind of a perfect storm game for me that really kind of represents like everything I like about it in a game. And I'm so glad I got to convince so many friends yes. to play it with me because really that's like so much of what I like about games too is the communal aspect and playing with other people and you know, couch gaming kind of went away for a while. Yeah, and I feel like it's kind of back, and you know, uh, it's 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 a little different now. But um, yeah, man, I just I, I love playing games with people, and that's one of my best memories of playing with a group of people. That's fantastic. Well, uh, we're not quite done yet, but thank you so much for sharing about you know your experience with that game and what it meant to you. Uh, and and again, con- congrats on the the new game coming out this year. I hope it's you know hope it can be at least a fraction of the fun that you have. Uh, so June, yes. my friend. You're- yeah, June. I'm looking forward to it. I did not so much enjoy the Wii version of That's Strikers. Right. It was uh, it was significantly less fun for me. So I'm hoping uh, this new one. Uh, I mean, I'm going to play it regardless. Let's not, yeah. let's not kid around here, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it a lot. It's going to be great. Good. All right. Well, fingers crossed. Um, well, this will lead us to the first of the post show segments, the fact me buy your game segment where I just share a couple of fun facts. These can be uh, with my guests. So these can be Easter eggs, development history, uh, cheats, uh, you know, what have you. I've got all sorts of stuff here, um, but I have two for you today. The first one I have titled Deviation with a Plan. Now, there are many rules in the game of soccer that were omitted from Super Mario Strikers because of the game's aggressive and bombastic gameplay. We talked about there's no referees. Um, That's just one thing. Um, But, of course, with no referees, there are uh, an element of soccer slash football that is missing are the penalty cards. Um, But the developers wanted to sort of make up for this in some way and not have you, you know, be able to completely just maul your opponents like you can do in like the blitz series um so they that's how they ended up incorporating power-ups as sort of like a chance for the team who's been pushed or shoved do you uh how did that work in the game because i i haven't played it much so was it like if you just shove one person you get a power-up do you remember uh yes they would they i think what it did was they would give you like an item, maybe like a shell or something if you're getting roughed up. And then it was always something that like this, and this is what my roommate Monty found out so well (laughs) that it's like, if you are really playing some harsh defense, you know, you're going to, you're going to hook him up with some stuff he's going to use against you. So it, there's also, you can go, you can hit him with a shove or you can do a slide tackle and they don't, if you nail the slide tackle, they don't punish you. Oh, so 
that's one of the adjustments I had to make going against Mr. Super Strike Monty <laughs> is that I had to get a lot better at those slides because if I was constantly checking him into the into the fences, he was going to get like great stuff to set him up for, uh, you know, you hit like yes. a nice little couple of green shells there, give you a nice little screen, go up for the Super Strike and then you're toast. Gosh. Okay, cool. That helps that helps me understand it a little better, but that was one way that the developers found a way to sort of not incorporate flags, but uh find a b- little way to balance that aggressiveness. So, that I'm sure added the depth of its own. Um Yeah. The last the second fact I have would actually come from this year. I have it titled Data Mind Strikers. So, in February 2022, a Twitter user data mined Super Mario Strikers to reveal several unused character models. Uh, and so I'll just go ahead and name them for you. Uh, oh, this is great. I, I love this stuff. Uh, it's always fun to find this stuff out later. Uh, so they had generic Mario-style humans, uh, which are, I'm assuming, I mean, I, I'm just picturing like the Mario Odyssey, like New Donk City people walking around, even though maybe, yes. maybe they were way different. Uh, unused Donkey Kong-like characters, um, as well, um, an early model for the medic that resembles dull bones from Paper Mario, uh, Whoa. a security Pianta that only appeared in the pre-release builds of the game. So I th- that's from like Sunshine, um, which those guys are fully incorporated into the baseball series. Um, <laughs> yes, they are. And then lastly was a Goomba guard that appeared to be related to a cut stage called Peach Palace. So, uh, yeah, learning some stuff, you know. Uh, 17 years after this game actually came out. So so there were security guards and medics involved. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a full tactical RPG to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For real. There's yeah. It is so much like, you know, NFL blitz and like NHL hits that stuff. It, it, there is a real like violence to the game. (laughs) So it doesn't surprise me that they would have some sort of like medic thing going on or like, especially being Nintendo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That seems like a cute thing to occur. Absolutely. Um, well, that'll do it for the game. Uh, uh, the facts, the fact me by your game segment. And I'll lead us into the final one, Jeremy, which are the game recommendations. As I always tell my guests, this is my one forced tie into the movie. Call me by your name where I will treat Super Mario Strikers as your passionate summer love that you're moving on from. And I'm going to throw out a couple potential flings based on uh, some elements of uh, of this game for you. So, hey. Good luck. Oh, this is great. You're going to, you're going to, you're, you're setting me up. Is that what you mean? You're going to you set me on a path for a, a new love. Oh yeah, baby. And I got three good options for you. Oh, so this, I would have, I would have asked you this regardless. This is fantastic. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's just the kind of friend I am. Um, <laughs> the first of which probably the most obvious is uh, if you want a, even more violence with no repercussions in your sports game, I'm going to recommend NFL Blitz 2000. The one I played the most, which I played on N64 really hard to beat, but also gives you a fun arcade sports game. Yeah. I've played a lot of that on the N64. Uh, it's so good. I mean, just given the people, the people's elbow. Oh yes. <laughs> to a player on the ground. Nothing like that. It feels so satisfying. And I will do it every time if I can. Yeah. Um, we actually did. In fact, we did like a co-op episode on the NFL blitz series, uh, on super bowl Sunday last year. Unfortunately, when Tom Brady won his whatever title, um, yeah. So that's out there for the listener. Uh, if you want another Mario team action game that's not sports related, I'll recommend uh, Mario plus Rabbids, a game I've recommended before. I have 
purchased this game. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I've barely played it. I bought it with intentions to play with my the last roommate yes. I had. And we played it a little bit, but we didn't do the full dive. Yeah. And I've been meaning to go back and have not done so. You like the game? Well, I'll be honest and tell you, I've never actually played it. <laughs> but it comes okay. but it comes highly recommended. And okay. I guess if you're looking for, you know, a, a sort of a quick uh humorous tactical RPG someday, that's on your plate. And then nice. lastly, is if you want another cartoony soccer game, I've got to recommend to you Backyard Soccer. Oh, now, you yeah. played backyard baseball. Did you get into the soccer series as well? I did not. No. Ooh. And I, I think I got into backyard baseball later than most. Yeah. I was a little slow to it. Well, this – so baseball, of course, that's that's my love. That's my favorite of the series. But soccer, like all of the games that they made, especially on the PC versions, was phenomenal. I, I actually remember for some reason getting this as like an Easter gift – which uh, thank you, Easter Bunny. That was pretty nice. But Dang. it was Bunny had game on that one. Oh yeah, and this was. I didn't play soccer very long into my youth. I think I maybe stopped after third after third grade. But this was when I played, and I was just it was very accessible, but very fun. So that'll be uh, your recommendations. We'll go over them again. We have uh, NFL Blitz 2000, Mario Plus Rabbids, and Backyard Soccer, and that will bring us to the end of the show. So Jeremy, as we head out, of course, I would love to have uh, you reiterate uh, the plugs and the stuff you have going on in your life that you want to share with the listener. But I did want to say again, thanks so much for doing this, dude. This was an absolute blast. Every time we get to talk, which is not enough, uh, we get we get to split our time equally, jumping down memory lane, talking about uh, things we both like, and it's just always been fun to you know have you in my corner, you know, following you from you know whether it's church, APU, comedy scene. So this was a blast to do, dude. Dude, for sure, man. Thanks so much for having me on. And like, yeah, like you're exactly saying, it's like it's just it makes every stage of life a little less scary when you got someone who's been there the whole dang time so my friend much love to you oh thank you so much pal i really appreciate that and of course uh obligatory go niners go giants go warriors thank you go warriors oh definitely although i mean you know this better than anyone probably but I'm a Sacramento Kings fan oh, um, at heart. My uh, gosh. Oh, that, I mean, it's, it's nice to know there's somebody else out there. Um, I did yeah, wear my Kings I, hat today. Uh, and so I'm, I'm trying my best, but yeah. God. Yeah. It hurts. It hurts. Gosh. And I, I'm truly like head over heels in love with Steph Curry yeah. and I do cheer for the Warriors, mm-hmm. but like I do, I feel like I have to tell people love the Warriors, but let it be known. Yes. I am a Sacramento Kings fan. I, you know, it's gotten to the point, Jeremy, where I'm truly wondering if it's, they're ever going to just, you know, have a have a season where they go to the playoffs. <laughs> it's, the, you know, Connor, I don't think it's happening. I, I just don't think it's happening. Uh, I mean, let's just assume it's not. And then let's be surprised when it maybe does happen. You know, you know what? That's probably the only place to operate from. Um, well, Thank you for being here again. Um, can you? Would you mind reiterating uh, the stuff you're up to and what people should keep an eye out for? Yes. Come check out The Garage Show. If you're in Los Angeles, if you're in uh, this wonderful city we call home, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he just hit me up on Instagram. I'll, I'll let you know the details of the show, or you can just see, I mean, I plaster it all over my Instagram. So check that out. We're going to get Connor on that show eventually, too. Oh, your, boy. Your beloved host. <laughs> He's got to do the show. We got to get him in there. What a dream. Uh and then uh, also uh, check out new podcast on the horizon. It's called This Song Reminds Me. 
God, I wish I had a launch date right now. (laughs) It's happening. Literally got seven episodes. It's going down, but I don't know when, but uh, you you can find the announcement too. If you just start following us on Instagram at this song. Oh, so the Instagram's already up. Instagram is up. There's nothing on it, but (laughs) Hey, that's a good place to start. Well, um, well, thanks again for coming on and, and for plugging that. Please, listener, keep an eye out for that stuff. Uh, I'll go ahead and close the show out with some plugs of my own. Uh, the cover art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn J. You can find him and the other wonderful pieces he does on Instagram at Glenn with two N's dot J-A-Y. The show is produced by another Jeremy, the great Jeremy Schmidt. You should do heck me yeah. a favor and check out his show. Did you say shout out? I said, heck yeah. Jeremy Schmidt, let's go. Heck yeah. <laughs> uh, video games, a comedy show, wherever you get your podcasts, it's a sister show on this network. Um, of course you can check us out and support us on Patreon. We're on patreon.com slash super NPC radio, where, like I said, we bring you a bunch of bonus stuff every week. Uh, if you like me, you're hearing, like hearing me talk to people about video games, you're going to like what you find there and keep an eye on this feed because earlier this week we released a preview of the, uh, co-op episode on portal that we did. So check it out. Um, I can be found on social media at Connor underscore McCabe, and that will do it for this episode of call me by your game. We will see you on the next one. 